Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. The COB is presented by Rabobank. Awarded 2023 SMSF Savings Bank of the Year by Mozo. Well, it's a Friday. Good afternoon to you. This is the COB. Uh, look, Juliet, it wasn't as bad a finish, I guess. No, what we are we seeing? About for. a third of 1% lower. So I think we started to see a little bit of buying coming in towards the close there. But yeah. I'm just still really shocked at how bad the buyers are doing. Miners are doing very poorly, in fact, really proving to be a weight on the broader market. And it's not just those that are reflecting the, uh, you know, the price of iron ore, mm. but there's been a lot of pain in the lithium space. You know, that's despite Liontown being, you know, really a standout performer of the week on that improved Arbomile bid. So if you look a little bit closely, you know, BHP is off by 1.4%, Rio, Fortescue, Min Resources is trading ex-dividend. It's off by 3.5%, but Pilbara, uh, IGO, Al. Can yeah. you know, and Luca? I, I was quite just... surprised to see how significant the selling was in the likes of BHP, given it was down five percent yesterday. Xdiv. Sometimes yeah. you see a bit of a bounce coming in after that, but it's been not a great week either. Down about one point seven percent over the last five days. Yeah, for the broader market, um, I was just looking in at new, uh, Nasdaq E minis, S and P five hundred E minis in the U.S. They are mildly positive, but of course, uh, still a long way to go before the start of the U.S. session. So we will update you once again on where this market sits uh, once the last day's trades go through the ASX. But uh, to your point, down by 1.7% week to date, it has been a week that has been marred by this stock slide, hmm. even as we continue to be in that range trade for the ASX 200 overall. Yeah, the 7,300 point level. I think you were pointing that out earlier in the week about we can't seem to get past that. And then uh, I had a guest on earlier as well, Thomas, uh, who was talking to me on the trade, I've forgotten his last name, that's not very good of me. Atkins, we, is Atkins. Yeah. <laughs> um, You know, about that, that golden Fibonacci range too. So he was getting a little bit more technical about where we're seeing the ASX 200 but it certainly does seem to be hitting that resistance at that level. Yeah. Okay, so we'll be discussing the stock market, where it's headed from here with uh, Shane Oliver, who will be joining us from AMP a little bit later on. Um, US dollar strength is another hallmark of this week. And also, if we look ahead to next week, we've got the Australian jobs data mm. looming. And I had a good chat with Andrew Tyser's Juliet from Nomura earlier today. He's got a non-consensus call when it comes to jobs. Um, I put that interview up online. Yeah, what's um, his call? He's just expecting to see unemployment rise. So he doesn't think things are right. as rosy out there as expected. He reckons that companies are going to have to pull back on some of their spending. And guess what? That also includes on people. 
Right. Okay. So that's interesting because I was speaking to Madeline Dunk from ANZ and she thought you could see unemployment actually tick down really? from 37 to 3.6%. So she's suggesting a very tight labour market there. I thought that was quite interesting, although we've kind of been holding around that 36 mm-hmm. for the past few months or so. It's always such a volatile series, isn't it? We used it to is. talk about it's just like throwing at the dartboard, really. Yeah. And... Um you know, even though that's the absolute, you know, truth, um, the headlines write themselves, right, mm. around these jobs reports. And so I think it can be sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy when you get the headlines out and then you get yeah. the politicians out to talk about, you know, why yeah. they're responsible for a historically low jobless rates. But of course, it's complicated, right? Mm. We had the RBA meeting this week, plenty of conversation throughout the week, plenty of these interviews up online about whether or not we've hit peak rates, you know, whether or not the economy has sufficiently cooled to allow the RBA to take their foot off that pedal. Look, mm. some are still predicting as many as two interest rate City hikes. City too, right? Yeah. By the end of the year. And I thought that was quite surprising when that's quite out of consensus. And then I had a chat with Dermot Ryan, who's from Renaissance Asset Management. And of course, he's a stock picker. So he's looking at this from an investment perspective. And he said, even if you don't see interest rate rises coming from central banks, he reckons that the real interest rate, you know, being put on consumers will continue to rise when you think about repricing, you know, of, of loans mm. and, you know, that's personal loans, housing loans, all the rest of it. Um, so not out of the woods yet. And uh, somebody who, Tamara Statz, oh mm. boy, testing my names, yeah. um, from BlackRock this morning was saying their, you know, their thesis is that it's holding tight. You know, mm. we're not going to see these interest rate cuts that many are saying will come about in 2024. So get used to the new regime change. That interview is up online as well. Wow. All right, let's have a look at some of the sectors. We were talking earlier about that the miners being under quite a little bit of pressure. When we look at where they're trading in terms of uh, the market close, you've got BHP finishing around that $43.16 level. And uh, lithium as well, to my earlier point. I mean, and this is sort of a... Uh, you know, next div story in part as well, but you can see there, um, you know, it, it it's not all, you know, the, the rising tide lifts all boats when it comes to the lithium names this week. And I had a good chat in that with Dermot Ryan, which is part of the small caps that's online, um, you know, about his view on lithium. And he is still very much um, aligning himself with the producers mm. rather than those that are sort of the developers, so to speak. All right, uh, and of course, Liontown Resources, we've been talking about that a lot as well, up eight-tenths of one yeah. percent. Uh, checking in on uh, gold, or yeah, we're having a look at some of the gold players. They're up by about half of one percent. You know, I was just talking to Daniel Hines from ANZ about the, the gold outlook too, particularly as you see this potentially higher for longer move from the Fed, what that means for gold, which uh, I think is holding around uh, 1919 mm-hmm. US dollars an ounce at the moment, uh, but certainly a good day for the gold miners. I don't mind giving it away. We're going to be holding a bit of a gold summit, a gold event, gold Ooh. rush uh, next Thursday. It's one of our free virtual investor events. Um, look, if you sign up for the newsletter, you'll be getting some communication around that. And don't worry, I'll remind you next week, no doubt, on air a bit. But um, yeah, a bit, bit of a safe haven play here with gold, utilities, I guess you could say that as well on the next page. 
um, seeing some positivity there. It was one of the best performing sectors and healthcare as well today. Pretty positive when you compare it to uh, what's going on across the broader market. I mean, I guess it really just takes CSL with such a yeah, a high absolutely, market and that's weighting. such a defensive play too. When you're looking at a, a day like today, um, ResMed. I think a few people have been saying the short sellers have been hitting that. Uh, TLX Pharmaceuticals. We were talking about that. That's had a couple of broker upgrades up by about uh, well, really only a cent, but a tenth of one percent when you look at that stock. And Helios, of course, which has been that takeover target under a little bit of pressure today. Okay, so a few companies that were in the news today and Telstra. So Telstra is looking to make a, you know, a purchase. Um, of a buying, cloud computing yeah, company, of right? A cloud computing company. Look, not a ringing endorsement um, by the market. Uh, we've been watching the energy plays in relation to that strike um, that uh, is ongoing mm. now. Audinate, uh, there was a bit of a recapitalization there. Min Resources, there's that ex-dividend story. And then AMA Group. Ooh, getting 43%. smashed. 43%. That was like your, 40, oh, Andrew's 40. stock of the day, wasn't it? Yeah, it yeah. was. So Mark Gardner and Ben Clark weighed in on AMA Group. Let's take a listen. Actually stuck with them now if you've got them um, and I think I'd, I'd just like to see how this washes out over the next uh, over the next sort of six to 12 months but I mean they were one of well they they are the biggest smash repair in Australia yeah. I believe so yeah. they um, you know if they get if they get uh, themselves organized again and this cap raise and um, provides that working capital and reduces their debt etc and they stick to the plan um, then I think they might be worth looking at, but at the moment I think there's too many there's too many uh, negative moving parts um, to touch it. I think there will be some support in that case, but I I couldn't buy this stock. It's there's 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 too many shares on issue now. You know they've they've raised so many times. It's any value that was there. I mean you can look at it and think oh six cents is cheap, but you got to look at how many more shares are on issue now versus when they were a dollar, and I'm I'm sure it's gone through the roof, so um, probably one to avoid still for me. And uh, that was AMA Group, so not a ringing endorsement. You can listen to that full episode of The Call at your leisure. And uh, yeah, we both just got well, confirmation. We got a confirmation there from uh, the Fair Workers Commission that we have started to see that strike action. Offshore Alliance members at Chevron beginning that industrial action at 1 p.m. So about an hour ago in WA, they're saying, look, they tried to have a deal reached with Chevron, but it wasn't able to be reached. So they're talking about this strike continuing until next Thursday, September 14. And if the terms are not met, then they'll strike for another two weeks. I was talking about this to Daniel Hines from ANZ saying, what does that put in terms of price pressures mm-hmm. as well, particularly on the global gas market? I think there's something like 5% supply from uh, that uh, that area. Yeah, okay. So we'll be talking about that Monday morning mm. to see what the impact, particularly in Europe, has been. All right, let's uh, get to our featured guest. It's a Friday. Warm welcome to Shane Oliver from AMP. Hey, Shane, good afternoon to you. Really nice to see you again. Um, okay, so the hallmark of the week, we could talk the US dollar, we could talk worries over China, China growth, RBA, Philip Lowe, where's your head at? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's all of those things. Uh, I I think in a broader picture sense, we're still in a a bit of a corrective mode in share markets. We saw um, that weakness in the early part of August, uh, a bit of a rally towards the end of August. 
initially globally and then in Australia. Um, but the last week or so, we've come back under pressure again because all those same issues are still present. You know, risk of recession, worries about China, um, higher energy prices, and of course, you know, might get a bit of a push along with that strike being confirmed, uh, but particularly the oil price uh, and you know, risk of a uh, shutdown in the US uh, coming into October. So there's a whole bunch of issues out there which are still weighing on markets. And of course, at the same time, ongoing debate about central banks uh, and we're going through this seasonally weak period so my feeling is we're still in a in a, a period of vulnerability for share markets i think the broader trend in inflation is down that will ultimately take pressure off central banks and on a 12-month view shares will look okay but i think right now we're still in for a, a rougher trot and uh, on the reserve bank in australia no no surprises from the rba at all uh, i thought his speech governor lowe's final speech yesterday was excellent uh, some very important observations there about the importance of productivity, um, the need to maintain a, a glass half full perspective, um, the responsibility the media has when discussing issues around central bank policy and not converting his uh, comments from central banks into promises. Um, so a whole bunch of important issues there. But I, I think the main one was, of course, his comment, which is not new, that you could achieve a better outcome if monetary and fiscal policy work together. Mm. But trying to ever get that to happen, given the uh, politicians are only incentivised to go one way a lot of the time, I think it's going to be very difficult. Yeah, we're all armchair critics, aren't we? But uh, he has done well <laughs> in terms of his tenure and uh, a lot of people saying he did a great speech yesterday. Shad, I wanted to get your thoughts on, on what we're seeing with China and these reports of their potential iPhone ban uh, for government workers. And I guess what that just really tells us about the ongoing trade picture, it does seem like a tit for tat between China and the US when you look at TikTok and Huawei, but it just poses those concerns once again about uh, what's happening with that trade relationship. It certainly does. It reminds us that we're in a very different world to the one we've generally been in up until, I guess, uh, 2017 when Donald Trump came along and those issues came to the fore. Uh, and the world is one of some reversal and globalisation that will mean higher prices. The losers here will be consumers. But, you know, we can't just say, well, it's just China. I mean, Australia started putting those bans on Huawei. Uh, a long time ago, uh, the US doing the same. So it's been working both ways. Um, it's hard to see the Chinese wanting to go too far down this path with Apple phones because uh, they are quite popular in China, but more importantly, they employ a lot of people in China because the bulk of Apple phones are made or put together in China. Uh, so if they push too far down that path, then Apple might say, well, we're going to go somewhere else. But of course, that all adds to costs. So it is an environment, I think. It's just another reminder uh, that we're in a very different world, uh, a world more focused on national security than economics. And that, of course, unfortunately, makes life tougher for central bankers, but also makes life tougher for consumers because that downwards pressure on prices may not be as intense or even evident uh, to the same degree that it was um, up until a few years ago. Shane, um, next week, it's not quite as action-packed here locally. There's no RBA meeting, of course, uh, but we do have jobs on Thursday. A key read, um, we were just chatting to start. Uh, Nomura has a, a non-consensus call that we could see the unemployment rate tick up. What, what are you expecting? 
<laughs> look, I can't, look, this has been a bit of a lottery uh, call, trying to get the uh, the jobs numbers right. It's a bit like economists forecast over the last week for the GDP numbers. At one point, they were around 0.4, then they went down. People talking about a potential negative, then they went all, all the way back up again. So th- there is a lot of noise around these forecasts. I, I think it is very hard to pick, but I, I think the reality here is that we are in an environment where the jobs market is softening. We have seen multiple uh, indicators, whether it's job vacancies, hiring plans, uh, job openings, you know, depending on the, who the provider is and what they've called the, the series, um, all pointing to a softening in the jobs market. And the debate is when we're going to start to see a, a more, more significant upswing in unemployment. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if it is this week. Um, our own forecast is that it will be unchanged. So we're looking for a 15,000 gain. Uh, and unemployment staying at 3.7% because participation will come back up again. Um, I'm also conscious, as the ABS pointed out, that the jobs figures around uh, school holidays have been a bit distorted lately. Uh, last, we, we saw a decline in the July numbers in employment. The last time we saw that was back in April, which was also a time of school holidays. So you've got to be a little, be a little bit careful about reading too much into these monthly moves. But I think the broad direction in the unemployment rate is up. But uh, month to month, that's going to be going to be a hard one to pick. Yeah, and it plays in as well in terms of what we're seeing with the the consumer and and of course with the RBA hikes too. In terms of what we're seeing for household spending and how tough it is getting out there, what are you seeing? Well, I think it's it's tougher than um, the GDP numbers would imply. I mean, if you look at the GDP numbers, it looks like we've managed this soft landing. It's funny, every Friday when we do this, uh, I try and get the lighting right and then the sun comes from another angle. It's <laughs> the one benefit of being in a controlled studio like you guys are, but I've got the sun coming from another angle, actually reflecting off my carpet, which is a bit odd. <laughs> Maybe the sun is so intense where I live. The light is so intense. But anyway, um, back to uh, uh, that, that that question. What, sorry, I got so excited about what, what the sun. What was the question, Juliet? <laughs> Just asking you about what uh, we're seeing in terms of household spending. Is it slowing? Is it showing us a bit of a concerning yeah. picture? Like, I, I, I think it's slowing. Uh, you can look at the GDP numbers and say they weren't bad. They were pretty good. The economy is still growing 0.4% stronger than the RBA, uh, 2.1% for the year to June. June quarter, uh, RBA is 1.6%. So that's all honky-dory and positive. The problem is that uh, when you look beneath the surface, a lot of that growth was coming from public demand and exports, and they can be quite volatile. They're not susceptible to changes in interest rates. Uh, Whereas when you look at private demand, we see housing investment going backwards. We see consumer spending almost grinding to a halt. Discretionary uh, is certainly going backwards. Non-discretionary is still growing, but only just. Uh, and you, you see business investment still hanging in there, but we know that the business investment figures for the June quarter were distorted a little bit because of the end of various tax concessions or tax incentives. And, of course, um, uh, there was supply chain bottlenecks which might have suddenly corrected themselves. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to rely too much on that. So I, I, the impression I get is that the economy is cooling down. It's evident in private final demand particularly the consumer. The consumer is coming under more and more pressure. We've seen, I think, a doubling in the amount of money that consumers have to put aside or a share of their income to servicing their debts or, or interest payments and so on. So that that is going to cause quite a lot of pain. Uh, it's often the case with these things that people don't make an immediate adjustment. Uh, but once they realise uh, that their bank account is no longer looking as healthy, 
uh, and they then start to cut back. Mm-hmm. We're starting to see it now, and that is becoming more evident in the figures. Uh, it's certainly evident anecdotally, and I think it's only a matter of, you know, the, the likelihood is that as we go through this half of the year, we'll see consumer spending go negative. All right. Well, Shane, we better let you go so you can take that tie off, listen to your music. <laughs> Lie down have in some the sun fun. on the carpet there. <laughs> Bask in the sun. Yeah. yeah. Enjoy yourself, Shane Oliver, AMP. Okay. Always appreciate it. Thank you. See you next week. Leaders and laggards, shall we today, um, thinking about where the market leaders may have come from, well, you've mentioned Telix is one of those companies that is often in the best and worst Mm. performers list. Today, though, leading the charge is Polynovo on No News, up by 4.6%, but in that sort of healthcare space. Yeah, what else are we seeing there? We've got Regis Resources, so gold. We've got Newhorp Corporation. Uh, Regis actually saw it's a um, price target lifted by 4% by Macquarie. Yeah. New Hope was sharing a computer today. Yeah, New Hope, its price target was cut <laughs> by 2.9% to, to $3.30. Still, though, one of the outperformers. Oh, Domino's Pizza. Is that because it's a Friday and everybody loves a pizza on no Friday? No idea. It was one of the best performers yesterday yeah. as well. Um, could it be value? Could it be, you know, their value pizza range? Don't know. Perhaps with a little bit of pressure coming off their inputs. Mm. And Gold Road Resources. So there's a little bit of a theme here that some mm. of the coal miners, because Whitehaven is, say, in the top 10, New Hope, and then the gold miners are looking uh, like they led this day that was a bit, meh, you know, under the surface. Yeah. Um, also, on the flip side of things, we've got uh, Aurora. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, that's a stock that's just been in focus so much, hasn't yeah. it? And it's uh, what down by... 5.3% yeah. today. Um, also having a look there, uh, That was that XDIV yeah, today? Mineral yeah, Mineral Resources, yeah. XDIV, Iris down by 3.3% and Imogene off by 3% as well. Um, not sure if we've got the small caps, mid caps, um, but regardless, I think more importantly, some of the big stock moves are interesting. So mm. for example, we've got Qantas, if I'm doing my math right, yep, fourth weekly drop for wow. Qantas. Macquarie was one of the worst performers in, you know, in the big cap, the companies mm. that matter this week. 3% weekly drop for Macquarie. And uh, that's actually its worst week in three weeks. Um, NAV. Uh, weekly slump. Um, there was that report about further job cuts coming through yeah, for the NAV. The only... AFR report. But I mean, that was what, 200 jobs? I mean, I don't know if that's something that really moves no, the needle. No, I that think much. that might be just a, you know, more of a reflection of what's going on, mm. broadly speaking. And gold stocks, even though they put in a performance today, on track for their first weekly fall in three weeks. Wow. All right, what's happening overnight? You've been doing your homework. What is happening overnight? Well, we've got more Fed uh, speakers, Bostick, Logan and Barr speaking. Um, This is a really big one, actually. I've been watching a lot of my friends who are in the region head to the G20 because India is hosting Mm -hmm. the top 20 leaders. And of course, uh, we'll be getting a lot of interest there, particularly as we're talking about the the potential for the escalation of China, US trade tensions, just when we thought it was kind of bubbling under the surface somewhat. Um, So a very, very big uh, deal there with that G20 meeting. Yeah. And the focus is being put on India as the next driver of growth. I mean, even by corporates, like you know that BHP has got its sights Mm. set on India. I mean, it's got huge potential 
from a steel consumption point of view as they modernize that economy and build infrastructure. Infrastructure has been promised to the Indian people, and that is a train that you do not put back in the station once it's started. So interesting that um, as far as what's on next week, we mentioned jobs. Yeah. We've got inflation data in China. Uh, coming out not just over the weekend, but on Thursday next week. You know that I don't know. Do you call it the China data dump? Yes. It's, okay. Yes. All right. It's Everybody that day calls it the data dump. Retail. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Everything. And you're just like, oh gosh, it's all just coming at you, and um, potentially always a bit interesting to see because they do like to. To showcase when the economy is doing well, those days though we've been talking about potential 5% growth seem out the window. Uh, ECB monetary policy, I mean, this is a huge one as we're seeing so many challenges with the Eurozone and as we're looking at the Fed potentially staying on hold for longer. So just a final check in on where the market finished once we saw the last of the day's trades go through the S&P ASX 200 down by two tenths of one percent. That's the SIBO Australia index down by about uh, three tenths. So, so it was worse, you know, during the day, but a buying pushing in. Uh, mm. No big risk event on the horizon tonight, as we just pointed out. Uh, but week to date down by one point seven percent, Juliet. Yeah. So, bit painful there for local investors. Year to date, 1.7% up. So we've got that tag. <laughs> I love it. Pull, pull tab. Let's start and yeah. on some optimism, Yeah, right? exactly. It's Friday. <laughs> we've had a great week with you. Look, if you have any time over the weekend, you can catch up with anything you may have missed online at osbiz.com.au. And uh, yeah, hope you have a good weekend. Yeah. See you, See you next, next week. week.